Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Cool Zone Media. Welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast with the it is Henry Kissinger. And the happening here is that he's dead as a doornail. I'm your host, Mia Wong. With me on this joyous day after <laughs> Kissinger's dead is Garrison Davis and James Stout. Welcome to the show. Woo! Hello. Very excited. We had a had a fun night in the group chat last night. Mm-hmm. I did send over the horny Henry Kissinger copy pasta without reading it to to the group chat. And <laughs> I feel like that was that was a, a good call. Fully yeah. at, at the ex- within within 30 seconds of you sending that, I got the same I got the same message in another group chat and I was like, oh <laughs> it was it was spreading around pretty <laughs> quick. I wanted to jump on it soon before before mm. other people were gonna share it. So so yeah, that is that is that is my duty. I mean, it's it's certainly upsetting. He lived to one hundred, but we will celebrate his death nevertheless. Yes. It would have been nice if he died sooner. Yeah. Yeah, it would have yeah. been nice if he Well, we don't we don't know how he died. He could he could have died horribly. We actually don't know. Oh he, really, yeah. He, he died seen anything in about his, how he died. In his yeah. home in Connecticut, surrounded by his yeah, family. Hopefully, hopefully yeah, he died according, shitting himself to death. According to the like, official statement. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, he, he he lived a lot longer and died a lot more pleasantly than a lot of the people whose lives he ended, which is sad. It is it, it is sad, but it's also funny. He is he dead. died knowing he's probably one of the most hated men in the world. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah. also pretty <laughs> West, pretty like, funny. Parties yeah. in the fucking street, like there there was a, so there was there was a giant uh, pro Palestine <laughs> protest in Chicago last night, and. There's videos of them finding out live while they're in the streets that Kissinger's dying and this giant cheer goes up. <laughs> People are having a great time. Yeah, I was texting my friends who were down at the border. Uh, I was like, Henry Kissinger is dead. Spread the word. Like <laughs> Among the people of the nations that he destroyed. Pretty good. Pretty good stuff. I mm-hmm. mean, it's... We 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 all we all had a fun time last night, as I'm sure many many of uh, you, you you listeners did. But uh, slowly, some organizations started to trickle out very embarrassing <laughs> statements. Uh, the the first one I saw was from the ADL, 
who yeah. had a quite quite the <laughs> yeah. quite quite the statement. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm, I'm gonna yeah. I, I, I want to find the I want to find it actually on on yeah. X, the new hot social oh, he, media app, because yeah. it's on um, my timeline on X. I've shared because it. because the community note on it is just magnificent. Oh yeah, that um, was great. Really, really gives you a good look at at the mind of Kissinger, and it's uh, fun to laugh at the people who are like propping him up as some like great Jewish statesman. So yeah, yeah, Henry Kissinger was a towering intellect, diplomat, and practitioner who, not without controversy, helped shape American foreign policy with a lasting impact worldwide. A refugee from Nazi Germany and the first Jewish Secretary of State, he was unapologetic about his heritage and his embrace of the importance of American global power and democratic values. Which, yeah. I like that they call him a, a, a practitioner. Uh, which is a, a funny thing to say. Yeah, yeah. But there the, are a number the, of funny things in that in that post. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Probably the funniest is that uh, uh, during a meeting of the Washington Special Actions Group, Kissinger said, "Quote." If it were not for the accident of my birth, I would be anti-Semitic. Any people who have been persecuted for two thousand years must be doing something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Here's here's here's, a, here's another one. So that that one's fun. There's another one. The emigration of Jews from the Soviet Union is not an objective of American foreign policy. And if they put Jews in gas chambers in the Soviet Union, it is not an American concern. Maybe a humanitarian concern. Yeah, that was a real Kissinger moment. Amazing stuff. Like it's it's it has it has certainly been wild to watch any any shred of credibility that the ADL has had just absolutely go down the drain the past two months by their own volition, just ruining decades of like of of, of research into anti-Semitic extremism um, by just tarnishing every single piece of research they've done by how they've uh, how they've been behaving the past two months it was, yeah i mean yeah. i mean they had Out, the past stuff. three or four years they've really been on sure. one like pit cavity well, yeah, leading going, the charge to the bottom there they're yeah. like they're like fully going back to their like uh selling information to apartheid south africa days yes. yeah, yeah. so but you no, know, pra- praising 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 notorious Henry Kissinger, someone who admitted that he would be anti-Semitic if he wasn't <laughs> yeah. born Jewish, yeah. is just like, yeah, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Anyway, that yeah, was I, that was I, one I, of the fir- one of the first organizations to come out in in memoriam of Mr. Kissinger um, after after his his yeah. uh, de- devastating Sorry. passing last night. <laughs> Sorry, I've uh, I, I made a post about this ADL post, and uh, I'm just scoping the replies because there are a lot of normal people on uh, on X.com these days. And, <laughs> Someone that there's a group which appears to exist to lobby for the ADL to lose its nonprofit status, and, and I'm just going to say that these are the people that ADL should be focusing their attention yes, on because no, this, is, yeah. this is this is the old school anti-Semitism that is a giant fucking problem, and we all need to reject. Like there is some hateful shit on X.com, and, and and sadly it's in my replies. Yeah, there is there there is plenty to go around and. The fact that they feel the need to defend <laughs> Wait, Mr. It's a Henry governor. Kissinger. This guy's running for governor of Missouri. Uh, so yeah, oh just as a podcast, I think we can safely say don't vote for Daryl McClanahan. Clan is in his name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is our. This is this is this is the cap here's first anti-endorsement for the 2024 election season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just gonna say it. Uh, don't don't vote for this guy. So tr- so true. Well, God. 
I'm, I'm glad I'm glad we could all bond over 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 that um, as yeah. I bonded over the many, many uh, <laughs> funny, funny memes in the meme chats that I am in. That it, were was, just it was a good time. Rocketing on all cylinders. Yeah. Tw- Twitter has been preparing for this night for years. We have been yeah, training. Yeah. We've been training for so long. People yeah. have stayed on throughout Elon's catastrophe just yeah. just for this night and now are finally <laughs> yeah. free. They can <laughs> yeah, no, finally they can... be released into the pasture. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go live on a farm. I'm surprised we didn't crash uh, Twitter with yeah with our posting. Hopefully, his last words were, "I wonder what they'll post about me." <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he was thinking about posting when he was going yeah. out. That makes sense. He would have been a poster. I, I'm, that... I'm hoping it was like, "Oh no, it burns!" Oh God! <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's coming yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. for me. <laughs> Anthony Bourdain with brass knuckles at the gates of hell. Just <laughs> yeah, waiting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, so okay. All right. So what what are what are we doing for the rest of this episode? So okay, if if you want to do an episode that is the entire history of the stuff Kissinger did, uh Robert did a six part behind the bastard episode on it. You can spend yeah. like twelve hours of your life learning that. about ha- having having yeah. the worst time yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> with, it's the opposite with, of a self-help book it's a self-harm book uh audio book that robert has made for you yes but with three funny people giving commentary so. yes it's very funny uh you should listen to it yeah however comma there so we we have been talking about how i mean people are like people are partying in the streets in cambodia like they kissinger's death has been a source of celebration for almost everyone on earth but that is not what this episode is about. This episode is about the one country on Earth that isn't celebrating. That country is China. And on the contrary, not only is China not celebrating the death of Henry Kissinger, China is quite possibly the most popular American in the history of China. To this day, like right now, if you went and pulled like the, the, the favorability rating of, of like every famous American you can think of, the person with the highest rating is almost certainly going to be Henry Kissinger. And, you know, I mean, and this is this is and this is not just a sort of like a, a popular thing, although, again, he is enormously popular among ordinary Chinese people. This is a thing that goes from the state down. Um, Xi Jinping, uh, he's actually weirdly one of the last world leaders to talk to Kissinger. So uh, Kissinger went to visit China in July um, and him and Xi Jinping have this like great heartfelt reunion. They have a great time. Uh, Xi Jinping (laughs) says, quote, the Chinese people never forget their old friends and Sino-U.S. relations will always be linked with the name of Henry Kissinger. In the wake of Kissinger's death, the Chinese government said from Reuters, quote, Kissinger made historic contributions to the normalization of China-U.S. relations. And Chinese people will forever remember him for his, quote, sincere devotion and important contributions, Wang added. Uh, The Chinese premier and the foreign minister also sent messages of condolences to Kissinger's family and to uh, uh, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken. So he is getting like he is getting as good a reception in China as any American has ever gotten. And if you if you can understand how this came to be, how like every other country in the region fucking hates Kissinger, like everyone else despises him. And if you can understand why China, why he is like the most popular American in Chinese history, you can understand the entire arc of the 20th century and how we ended up with the horror that we all live in today. But first, speaking of the horrors that we all live in today. 
is is we'll this an ad break? Are you saying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> one of our you're first. You're saying ad. Yeah, hopefully uh, the Henry Kissinger collectible coins that they minted 10 years ago have now been released to the market, and this will be the first of many adverts for them. They're only going to grow in value. (laughs) (laughs) Insulate yourself against inflation with these Henry Kissinger coins. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. And we are back. So this story, the, the story of how Kissinger became the most popular man in China or the most popular American in China, begins in Shanghai, 1927. Oh, it, it is the year 1927 for over a decade. China K- has been K- locked Kissinger in a brutal series four, of civil four, wars. Yeah. Kissinger is seven, four, four, four years old. Four, four years old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, four years old. Child Kissinger. Child Kissinger is uh, presumably unaware of the developments in China. Oh, where... I'm, he, oh him, I don't he, think he, you he can knew. say that with certainty. He was, he abs- he was, yeah. he was keeping tabs. Absolutely, at four years old. <laughs> yeah, he was, he was. Even back then, he was a quote foreign policy realist. A towering <laughs> intellect of yeah. of this stature doesn't doesn't yeah. start his twenties. Mm. He starts like in his toddler years. Yeah. Abs- Amazing absolutely. choice of words, by the way. Towering intellect. Um, just, lo- <laughs> just looking at him, the pictures of him in China, where he where he's dwarfed, uh, and it's just, it's just very funny to look at this guy described as towering intellect. He's got to be like five <sighs> foot nothing. His intellect is towering, not his, not his, not, not, not his person. Yeah, short so, king, short king, short king, short king would have been a great tweet if the ADL had called him a short king. And ironically, I would have stand that. <laughs> Mia, as you were saying, yeah, sorry, we uh, so as, as 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 little tiny baby ass Kissinger is looking on, uh, China's Communist Party is locked in a tenuous alliance with the Chinese Nationalist Party, which is the Kuomintang. Oh. Now, yeah, they, they suck. Uh, so w- with the aid of the Soviets, and when I say the aid of the Soviets, I mean the Soviets basically rebuilt the Nationalist Party from the ground up. Um, yeah, the Nationalists have turned into a juggernaut. They have, they, are, they have swept aside like every warlord army they face. They are marching triumphant across the country. 
And ahead of their advance, a massive uprising led by the communists finally drives the warlords out of Shanghai. The Chinese working class stands victorious. They, and they alone, stand triumphant over the greatest city in China. It is the last time they will control this city for 40 years. The new, the, the new leader of the Nationalist Party is Chiang Kai-shek, a proto-fascist drug lord who the Soviets, for some inexplicable reason, thought was going to work for them and yeah. was going to like build a socialist state in China. <laughs> um, deeply unclear why they thought this. I, I, I don't know. Don't have Stalin running your foreign policy. I uh, don't have Stalin running shit like as a rule. Yeah, like not yeah, a, not a great this guy. Is, yeah, well, so he's he's no Kissinger. Like, what can we mm, say? Yeah, also dead though. Thankfully, killed similar numbers of communists. <laughs> true, yeah, true. Yeah, and we are we, we are again, we are one sentence away from that. So, <laughs> under the direction of Moscow, the communists in China convinced the Chinese working class to open the gates of the city to allow the nationalist army inside. The Nationalist Army immediately begins slaughtering the Chinese working class. By, by the end of the white terror that this is going to unleash, the Nationalists will have killed one million people, most of them Chinese workers and peasants. That's uh, a lot of basically, like the entire, you know, like like the, basically the entire urban Chinese left dies in this, like like in the, in, the, in this slaughter and with them dies basically the entire internationalist wing of the Chinese communist party, because the internationalist wing, the wing that had, you know, very close connections to Moscow were all like in Shanghai and they were all, but they were most importantly, not that they were all literally in Shanghai, but they were all part of the urban communist party and they get just completely wiped out. And this is the part of the Shanghai uprising that for our purposes is important because it's the first moment where the rift between the Soviets and the Chinese Communist Party begins to form. Now, in the wake of the Shanghai Massacre, Stalin sends the CCP instructions that are just nonsense. Like, he's telling them to stay aligned with the Nationalist Party, but to oppose Chiang Kai-shek. And, like, and literally, there's descriptions of, of the meeting when, like, this, this telegram comes in. The CCP leaders are, like, sitting around this, I think it's a radio. They're sitting around this radio, and they get the, they, like, they get the instructions, and they're just, like, these people are just burying their hands in their face because, like, this is nothing. It is nonsense. And, you know, and this is sort of, this is the last, that's, like, the last gasp of the old Communist Party leadership. Those people are just gone. And in their place rises Mao. Now, Mao is not from the urban wing of the party. He is from like he's he's Mao is a peasant organizer, right? He's from the rural wing and his wing of the party tends to be more nationalist and less sort of like subservient to Moscow than the urban wing of the party. And with Stalin basically getting the entire urban communist party and like every other urban leftist in the country killed, uh, you know, the people that are left are Mao and the sort of peasant organizations who have a distrust of the Soviets that they're going to maintain for basically their entire lives. Now, obviously, relations between the CCP and Stalin improve as like World War II happens. But there's a ser- basically the moment the war ends, there's a series of incidents that sort of strain relations. One is that and this is less an incident, but Stalin seems to not have thought that the CCP was going to win the war. Like, he seems to have thought that the nationalists are going to beat them. Um, and one of the things that he does is basically deindustrializes Japan's giant industrial belt in occupied Manchuria. This is a completely intact industrial belt. It is one of the largest, like, intact industrial belts in the world. And Stalin, like, in, in classic Soviet fashion, takes the factories, takes them apart, puts them on trains, and ships them across <laughs> across the USSR to rebuild the Soviet economy. Yep. 
one of the first of many such incidents. Yeah, and, and this is a catastrophe for the CCP because even after the CCP wins the war, because they've now, you know, so it's like Shanghai is in ruins, um, Beijing, like most of China is is just in ruins because of, I mean, like what, what year are they on of effectively continuous fighting? And the after the war, China's industrial base in this is 1949, right? Their industrial base is smaller than Russia's in 1917, which is just nuts. Yeah, that's, it is that's and very this is small. Yeah, and, and this is this is the conditions that the everything, the entire like course of 20th century Chinese history are defined by these conditions, right? And th- these specific conditions are this you know is 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 base is basically a production bottleneck, right? And I've talked about this on the show before. This is one of the mo- one of the sort of most important things of 20th century Chinese like political economy is that you know the CCP is trying to simultaneously expand its agricultural production to feed people and also expand its industrial capacity. It's mostly trying to expand its industrial capacity. The problem is they can't expand their industrial capacity without uh, expanding their agricultural capacity, and they can't expand their agricultural capacity without uh, expanding their industrial capacity. And their attempt to just blow through this by like mass use of human labor is the great leap forward. It's a complete catastrophe, right? This is just going to fuck like whatever like intentions like the Chinese Revolution had. This is just going to fuck them because the combination of this and their ideology is just going to doom the entire project. And, you know. This and so the other, the other thing about this period, the Soviets are really, really patronizing. Like they talk about like constantly and like diplomatic things and like they, they talk about the Soviet, like the Chinese is like their younger brothers. And there's like this weird like thing going on this isn't enough to substantively threaten their alliance but the the relationship between the ussr and china is never as it's never quite as firm as people think it is now the thing that really like kickstarts the break between the ussr and china is khrushchev's secret speech denouncing stalin so this gets like leaked khrushchev makes the speech where he was like wow stalin did some fucked up stuff the cult of personality was bad actually and (laughs) This pisses off an enormous number of people. Mao, forever like problems Mao has with Stalin, he takes a, a very hard line on this. Where he's like, "No, I'm I, like the, the Soviets are now revisionists. They have abandoned the path of Marxist-Leninism. I am now the only anti-revisionist in the world." And you know, and th- this whole thing like results in these worsening relations between China and the Soviet Union, with the CCP basically calling the Soviets like weak neck bureaucratic social imperialists, and the Soviets. <laughs> looking at like the great leap forward and being like, what are these maniacs doing? And this tension escalates through the sixties as both sides start massing troops on the Chinese Soviet border. Now, meanwhile, so, so, okay. The, the sixties goes on and control of the Soviet union has fallen to Leonid Brezhnev, who is an absolute maniac, deeply weird, deeply, not very good guy. And he, in, in response to the Council Communist Uprising in Prague in 1968, Brezhnev rolls tanks in, kills everyone, and then declares the Brezhnev Doctrine, in which Brezhnev claims the right to overthrow any socialist government who the Soviets decided were trying to become capitalist, which, I mean, this is the Soviets, right? Like that, what, that, what that actually means is that they don't align with the USSR. So Brezhnev means this to be about Eastern Europe, right? Mao looks at this and goes, oh shit, Brezhnev is going to try to overthrow me. 
And <laughs> this this does not go well. <laughs> so, and you know, another thing he's looking at, he's looking at like the Soviet troops massing on the border and he's like, oh shit. Um, and this is where things get absolutely wild. In 1969, there are a a giant series of border skirmishes between the, between Soviet and Chinese troops. People are killing each other across this enormous, this is like continent sized border. Um, people are like, I mean, like, like, like companies of, of, of Chinese and Soviet troops are like firing artillery at each other. Everyone is completely losing their minds. And th- this is actually like one of the reasons why, like every once in a while you get these, these things from the, 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 the Himalayas and China's border with India where everyone's like hitting each other with sticks. And the reason you're hitting each other with sticks is that like <laughs> the Chinese were like, wait, hold on. It's actually a bad idea to have guys with guns on the border of a nuclear power. Yeah. Yeah. They have some amazing, uh, amazing brawls. Yeah. And, but you know, but like, and, and the funny thing, like that, that's the reasonable version of this in, in, in 69, they're having the unreasonable version of this where the Soviets are looking at the situation and they're going, Oh shit, we can't win a war with China because their, their calculation is that they will eventually be overwhelmed by a combination of human wave attacks and the fact that like an enormous portion of the China is, uh, the Chinese population has been trained in guerrilla warfare. And their second problem is that the Chinese population is too dispersed for them to all be killed by, by Soviet nuclear weapons. And the CCP makes the same assessment and is like, okay, if we fight this war, like the human wave attacks are just going to eventually are going to crush them. We're going to use the force of numbers. They can't kill us all with nukes. So the Soviets plan for this is they are like drawing up plans to line the border with China with nuclear landmines to stop the <laughs> Chinese army from marching through. It's uh, nuts. Everyone is losing their minds. <laughs> normal times. Yeah. Like I've seen rumors. I, this is the thing I don't have actually good sources on i've seen a lot of rumors that both the both the soviets and china like reached out to the u.s to try to get them to nuke the other side <laughs> um, it's everyone is everyone is completely losing their minds um and you know so at this point like both sides kind of back down because both of them realize that like fighting this war is the stupidest thing that any of them could possibly do because there's, there's like, there is, there was a little tiny shred of sanity left in both sides. That's like, do we like actually want to have a nuclear war? And they're like, no. Okay. But this marks the permanent solidification of what's called the Sino-Soviet split. Um, And do you know what else is a, is a, is a, a Sino-Soviet split it's the split between the part of the episode that's ads and the part of the episode that's episode that is a very important split that does relate to the mm. worker councils of the soviet uh state because if the soviets got their wish for world domination we wouldn't be pivoting to an ad break instead this would be uh purely worker sponsored i don't know here's the ad Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. 
Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. All right. I, for one, am very excited to get those Coininger limited edition NFT collectibles. I think it's a real solid investment. So I know it sounds a little far-fetched, but hey, in 10 years, you can sell it to some guy from the CCP and you might make a lot of money. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or the food, ADL. Food for thought. Or the ADL. That's right. That's right. You can yeah. sell it to Pit Cavage. Yeah. He could yeah. buy that for like 10 grand. Yeah, All you have yeah, to do now, all you have to do now is spend $1,000. And in 10 mm-hmm. years, you could be getting 10 grand from Pit Cavage. That, yep, sounds, that, like a, that sounds like a great deal. That's a, that's a 10% discount as well with the uh, discount code Garrison Davis. Thanks. Please. Sorry, man. So Please back go ahead in with your scripted podcast back, at Garrison Ivory. <laughs> <laughs> so the, back in 1969, nice. basically from 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, so for basically from this point on, the USSR and the People's Republic of China are enemies. This is what's called the Sino-Soviet split. And Mao begins casting around for allies. And into this breach steps a man, I uh, accursed through history, I uh, who, 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 who whose whose towering footfalls echo. To the halls of power. <laughs> I am talking, of course, about Charles de Gaulle, the once important oh, yeah. ruler of France. <laughs> yeah, most French man ever to exist. Yeah. So de Gaulle has been devising a strategy to pull China away from the USSR and towards the West. And this is the origin of what's called triangle diplomacy. Now, Kissinger steals this idea and goes and does it. But this was not Kissinger's idea. This was a, this was a plan that was already kind of in motion that he stole from De Gaulle. Hey, 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 <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Good artists copy, great artists steal. If Kissinger yeah. was anything, it was an artist. Yeah. Great artist. <laughs> that is no, literally no one... what the Tony Blair Foundation said. Yeah. It's yes. not oh a joke. God. We yes. can't fucking make jokes because everything's too fucked. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm quoting the Tony Blair Foundation. Yeah. That was it. There was there was there was that some was the there joke. was some. Uh, oh yeah. God, I can't remember his name. So, so someone in the seventies uh, declared that satire the, the the day the day that Henry Kissinger yeah. won the Nobel Peace Prize is the day satire died, and he was right. And this is why satire doesn't work anymore. That's, yeah, that's Tony true. Blair is now pissing on its grave. Uh, yeah, so, all right, but the, you know, okay, so so th- this triangle diplomacy thing, Kissinger basically takes it over, and the key element of this plan is to, is to use China as a bulwark against the Soviets, both in East and Southeast Asia and in places like Central Africa. Um but in order to do this, they have to actually like establish contact with China, a thing they haven't had in like 30 years. Well, I guess 20, 
ah, whatever. Hey, complicated. I'm, I'm not going to go through the entire diplomatic history of China. But, you know, if, if and, and this is this is the origin of one of Kissinger's most famous crimes, which is Operation Searchlight, which is Pakistan's genocide in Bangladesh. They kill about three million people. Um, if you want a really detailed account of this, go listen to the Behind the Bastards episodes. The the short version of this is that Pakistan has been a Chinese ally for a while for a lot of reasons, one of which is China's antagonism with India, which peaked in 1962 when China just straight up invaded uh, a disputed border region, <laughs> conquered it, and then like handed Nehru his ass in the process of what became known as the Sino-Indian War. Yeah. And this is an incredible betrayal, by the way. Like Nehru, who was the prime minister of, of India, uh, Nehru had turned down a a permanent seat on the UN Security Council because because he was being given the seat as a way to make sure China didn't get it, and he turned it he turned down that seat to get China onto the Security Council, like out of out of like not not out of geopolitical like th- this was basically a pure like ideological I'm doing this because it's the right thing to do thing, and Mao returns him by fucking invading India, so. <laughs> Because of this, and because of you know India and Pakistan don't like each other, um, this is this is known. Uh, the Pakistani government is very close with China. Um, Pakistani troops are trained by the Chinese army; they are armed with Chinese weapons, and with Kissinger's blessing, so he could use the Pakistani government as an intermediary to negotiate with China. The Pakistani government proceeds to kill three million Bangladeshis. It is, yeah, this is yeah. it is among the worst crimes of the 20th century. Yeah. It's a crime that. It is broadly forgotten. China's complicity in it is forgotten. The Americans' complicity in it is barely remembered. Basically, only when when people talk about Kissinger. But this was this was one of the worst things that happened in like one of the worst centuries in human history. But you know, for Kissinger, this is an enormous success, right? He gets everything that he fucking wants out of it. He doesn't give a shit about Bangladeshis. Um, then you know, th- this is a tradition that is like <laughs> echoed through the like the eons of neoliberalism ever since. The U.S. successfully opens diplomatic channels with China, and soon Kissinger and Nixon are going to meet uh, Mao in China. And I'm going to read from Mao talking to Kissinger so you can understand who these people are. (laughs) The trade between our two countries at present is very pitiful. It is gradually increasing. You know China is a poor country. We don't have very much. What we have in excess is women. Kissinger, there are no quotas or tariffs for those. (laughs) Chairman Mao... So if you want, if so, if you want them, we can give you a few of those, some tens of thousands. Prime Minister Cho, of course, on a voluntary basis, Chairman Mao, let them go to your place. They will create disasters. That way you can lessen our burdens. Laughter. Sometime later, Mao, do you want our Chinese women? We can give you 10 million. <laughs> Laughter. <laughs> Jesus. Dr. The chairman re- is improving his offer. Bow. Um, by doing this, we can let them flood your country with disaster and therefore impair your interest. In our country, we have too many women and they have a way of doing things. They give birth to children and our children are too many. I mean, th- this is like a deeply CCP moment. Like, yeah. 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 It's like, like, and this is one of these things where it's like, there are people. In the United States to this day, who call themselves Maoists and like and think that this guy was like on the fucking left. And it's like, uh, like, how do you fucking read this? Like him just him just doing this fucking banter with the butcher of Bangladesh 
and be like, no, 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 this is the guy who figured out to keep the, 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 the key to achieving co- like socialism, right? This is the guy who figured out how to end the class system and end imperialism. Is this fucking guy palling it up with fucking Henry fucking Kissinger? Like, it's terrible. Like, I just... <sighs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. Not, I mean, not great. The key, the key to being a Maoist is not reading this now. <laughs> so so yeah, true. Yeah. They, they, I, I, I've, I've seen Maoists on, on Twitter try to defend this. Where they're like, well, it was only like a temporary thing because the Soviets were threatening the new China. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And like, uh-huh. you know, and, and one of the things that they, they one of the, the real problems they have is that. So in Angola, there's a civil war in Angola. Um, there is a, a faction that are the good guys. And then there's a faction that's being backed by apartheid South Africa. And right, China is backing the apartheid South Africa fashion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, and this is the thing they have to justify and they can't. And this actually and, you know, one of this actually has impacts in the U.S. because like American Maoists are confronted with this and are like, what the fuck? Like, what is this shit? And there are some of them who just like ignore it and quadruple down. Yeah. There are some of it who become disillusioned. You could even pick a different tanky, like like Cuba heavily supported the MPLA in Angola, for instance. Like, yeah, at least well, they were just bet- like yeah, move to like Castro or something. I don't know. Yeah, Trotsky, like- Tr- Trotsky's right there. He's right there yeah. <laughs> with an ice pick in his head. <laughs> so yeah. true, true. Should have so, should have happened to Kissinger. We got yeah, gotta, oh, gotta, yeah. gotta say, gotta what say. a fucking incredible alternate history. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of Trotsky Lanier's- lives and Kishinger dies. Yeah, Trotsky lives to 100. Um, yeah. uh, the world is so much of not it's the world's not like a great place, but it is a much better place in that alternate history. Like uh, yeah, can, yeah. can you imagine if Trotsky had held on long enough for social media to exist? I know. Oh my god. Uh, he would have been Trotsky poster. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's yeah. him and the 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 one the person I'm the most sad right now that never got on there was Gore Vidal. He would have been. Uh, he would have fucking killed it. He would have posted. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, there's a few people who you just think would have been magnificent there's posters. A, v- Vidal has a famous uh, Kissinger moment where he's 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 watching. He runs into uh, Kissinger like in the Sistine Chapel, like looking at the part that's like looking at the hell part of it. And Vidal goes, uh, "Kissinger is apartment hunting." <laughs> Very funny. Very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is the poster. Poster braid. Poster braid. Incredible. Like, so many of these. There's there's another famous one where the proto poster. The the absolutely dog shit. uh, American author Norman Mailer punches him, and he's like falls over because he's got punched while he's on the ground. uh, uh, Vidal goes, "Words fail, Norman Mailer again." <laughs> it's so good. Uh, what a yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely re- incredible guy. Real time posting. We love yeah. to see it. Yeah. 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 Tragic. Tragic. He never made it. Lot, lots of tragedies unfolding. One of them is that, you know, this whole thing of like like Kissinger bantering with Mao. Like this, it it works. Like the US and China established diplomatic relations. And this is a this is a seismic shift in sort of Chinese popular culture and media and consciousness because from the Korean War until like the 70s, right? The way people think about America and the way they're portrayed in Chinese media is like as the great imperialist enemy, right? Like the last time there was contact between the US and China, it is a bunch of Chinese troops doing bayonet charges, like wearing sandals in in the fucking snow, doing bayonet charges through their own artillery barrages to kill American troops. 
like that that is like like the, the amount of hatred like there is is unbelievable and you know it's funny because like the u.s like really forgot that war but like china did not right um and suddenly like america is china's friend and and the the human face of this absolutely mm-hmm. epochal shift in in basically the entire ideological system of Chinese communism the the the, the face of this shift in 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 the just the image of what America is which is like it, it doesn't it's not quite mapping on but it's like like America like it, it's it's kind of like how Baptists think about the devil right like that 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 is the role that America has in Chinese like popular sort of culture. Like up until this point, and then suddenly it's completely pivoted on its head, and the face of this shift is Kissinger, and you know, and, yeah, and this this is, uh, this is ping pong erasure is what you're doing right now. Actually, actually I, this, this yeah. all happened due to this all happened due to table tennis, and I won't hear it any other way. Oh, God, I, I was, I, was yeah, but, I, I specifically didn't include the, the table tennis <laughs> diplomacy at this because I was like, I hate the shit. But yeah. When, yeah, when yeah, so, liberals really get on their shit, they they talk about ping yeah. pong diplomacy. I think Joseph and I was a big uh, ping pong diplomacy, diplomacy guy. guy. Yeah, but it's like you know, but I I, th- I think that, like ping pong diplomacy is an example of like how circumscribed the contact between the U between the U S and China is. Right, like again, like we're talking about like like ping pong teams playing each other. This is like the big diplomatic and cultural exchange that's going on between China and the U S. There's nothing, and this is something that you have to sort of understand if you want to understand this pivot is how isolated China was, right? Like the U S through this entire period is pretending that the nationalists in Taiwan are the legitimate government of all of China. They have blocked off effectively all trade with China. They've blocked off basically all trade from the U S they've blocked off a huge amount of international trade. And, and, you know, and this, this, this is something that really, really cripples the Chinese economy. Like, you know, you can't, quite blame it for like the famines because like i mean for example like the ccp was exporting grain to the ussr while the great leap war was happening right like but i mean it didn't fucking help that um and one of the and the the other big consequence of this is that it is almost impossible for chinese people to go to china like you you basically can't do it and this is an enormous deal because there are tens of millions of Chinese people across the world who can't go back to China. These people can't see their families. They can't see their friends. They can't go to the graves of their ancestors. They can't, they can't go home. And this happened with my family. Like my, my grandpa didn't see his brothers and sisters for 40 years after the war, 40 years, just did not see his family. And, you know, and it's only when Kissinger, and this is the way that it's seen in China. It's only when Kissinger reestablishes relations, which Kissinger, goes out there and advocates and the way they see it is he's advocating for china in the u.s which is kind of true but the way they see this is only when kissinger reestablishes diplomatic relations that's when it becomes possible for you to see your family again and you know i like i I cannot emphasize enough how big of a deal this is in china in the diaspora like if you are in the diaspora you can't get fucking messages in you, you like a lot of people don't know whether their family's still alive because the last time they saw them was the war or, and when I say the war, like that could be World War II, that could be the revolution, that could be people leaving even before that. And, you know, this is a huge deal in the diaspora too, to the point where like a lot of the people who had been like in the, in the Asian American movements in, in 68, like people who had been like yellow peril, yellow power people who were like allied with the Black Panthers, like 
These people are trying to get jobs in the Nixon State Department because they want to be there to like help reopen diplomatic relations with China. It is it is like this is like it is one of the sort of apocalypse moments of of the second half of the the 20th century is this this these diplomatic relations opening up again. And in the Chinese media, they don't really want Nixon to be the face of it because they're they're smart enough to be like, no one does. This is not great. (laughs) Yeah. But so they, they, they put, they put Kissinger as like the human face of all of this. And, you know, and, and, and there's, there's, and there's a lot of benefits to China from this. They're getting these massive technological transfers from the U S and this is one of the things that it's in, I think it's a very underrated factor, but this is one of the factors that makes their, their technology like, Sorry, let me say that again. This is one of the factors that makes it's one of the incredibly underrated factors that makes their industrialization program work. And there's a lot of places where people try similar industrialization programs to what China is going to pull off. Like Venezuela, for example, tries this. And Venezuela's program completely fails because they don't have access to the technology that the US got from basically sucking up or that China got from sucking up to the US. And and Kissinger is directly responsible for a lot of like a lot of these uh, technology transfers. And for this, Kissinger is labeled as as like as a friend of the Chinese people. Like this, this is literally the way that it's talked about in in the Chinese media. And e- even sort of beyond just him being labeled like a friend of the, of the Chinese people, like he is, like okay, so there's like one or two other Americans who you can sort of like publicly express admiration for, who are people who like effectively defected to China or just moved to China and like were there for the revolution, but those aren't like major figures. Right. Like they're like communist journalists or stuff like that, or like anthropologists. Like they're not. This is the first like actual public American figure that you are allowed and you are encouraged to be like, yeah, this guy fucking rules. And in a very short amount of time, Kissinger becomes enormously popular as the man who, you know, he's the guy who restored uh, Chinese American relations. He's the guy who allowed all these people to to see their families and ended the sanction and tariff regime. I mean, he doesn't actually end them but he's helping people work around them and the sanctions eventually sort of come down but you know all of this comes with a price and this brings us to another Kissinger crime which is uh, Kissinger in the coup against Chile's democratically elected president Salvador Allende so this coup is fully greenlit by the US um, like Kissinger is involved with it Pinochet is going to murder 40,000 Chileans we talked about this on the show a few times before but what we haven't really talked about much is that after this, after the coup, Chile is like completely diplomatically isolated. No one wants anything to do with them because this just met, like made, like just absolute maniac mass murderer has just deposed like a sovereign government. Like even like the, even the UK like won't like refuses to like talk to them right like like and when when like the Brits won't talk to you <laughs> because you've done too many crimes. Yeah, yeah, you've really fucked it there, like. The guys who uh, whose prime minister's son made a living doing coups. Yeah, but there is one country other than the U.S. that will do that will that will like do that will make deals with Pinochet, and that country is China. And China funnel, funnels millions of dollars, like to some literally to Pinochet directly and to the Chilean government. And this is a time where China is not rich, but and th- this is millions of dollars, like in. In like 1970s money, it's it's a lot of money, and the and China is absolutely broke, and they're fucking sending it to, and they're they're sending it to fucking uh, Pinochet, and like and and, the, and like to get a sense of how weird 
this stuff is in China, right? Like a lot of people in China think that Pinochet is a socialist because he's being portrayed positively in the Chinese media. Yeah. So they assume that he's a socialist. Like this is the kind of shit that's like just the absolute brain worms that are happening in China at this point because their their connection to the outside world is really, really tenuous. And the Chinese media is suddenly gassing up all of these just like, like horrific right wing dictators. Now, as as Kissinger star ascends in China, the CCP begins pulling its own Kissingers. I uh, so this is this is a this, this is, a, this is a, a, a kind of a story we only learned about pretty recently. I, th- I think in like the last two years, Beijing Jinping was the, the first like Chinese communist leader to visit the U.S. And so he go he's in Washington D.C. and he takes time out of his schedule to have a secret meeting with the CIA. Where he goes to the CIA office to set up uh, like list to set up uh, CIA listening posts in China to spy on the USSR, <laughs> and one of the products of this, you know, so that that that's that's the sort of low level stuff that China's getting involved with. The high level stuff is in 1979, China invades Vietnam. They kill tens of thousands of people. They devastate both the Chinese and Vietnamese economy. And this is one of the things that. You know, this is a decisive thing in the Cold War, right? China has, like, Donna Kissinger. They've invaded fucking, they've invaded Vietnam. Yeah, and, and you know, and one, one of the, the, one of the sort of modern iterations of this, right, has been, you know, there, there's, there's a long period of sort of, like, China's alignment with the U.S. And one of the other things that happens is that China, like, becomes increasingly tied to Israel. And this is one of the things that that's, like true of China to this day is like there are a bunch of surveillance cameras in the West Bank that are that are that the Israelis use to surveil Palestinians that are built in China, right? The same the same cameras that are being used in Xinjiang. Um, a lot of like Chinese Chinese uh, what's it called? like Chinese police, sometimes special forces units like train with Israeli like trainers. Uh, there's a lot of. Like they do, like counter, like quote unquote counterterrorism exchanges, and the, and the other big aspect of this is that a huge part of the Israeli tech industry and a huge part of uh, like their sort of like defense complex is fueled directly by both Chinese resources and by by Chinese raw materials, and also by things like transistors that they're importing from China. And this is this is the product of the sort of long arc of, of Kissinger's work in China and Kissinger's work sort of peeling off Egypt from, uh, from the Palestinian like Soviet camp. And this ultimately is the price of opening relations with the U S it's not a price that's paid by the Chinese ruling class. Instead, what happens is that every dissident in China, every fucking child in Cambodia, every teenager in East Timor and every veteran in Vietnam, Mao sells them the fuck out. Deng Xiaoping sells them out. Hu Jintao sells them out. Xi Jinping sells them out. They take American money. They take American technology. They shake hands with Kissinger and they let Bangladesh burn. And for this, Kissinger would remain a steadfast ally of the Chinese capitalist class his entire life. When the CCP butchered the last gas of the Chinese working class at Tiananmen, uh, Kissinger stood by the CCP and basically is, is one of the few Americans straight up doing PR for them. He does it again when China's trying to enter the World Trade Organization. He like this is the last thing he was doing before he fucking died was going to was going to China and and allying himself with the Chinese ruling class. And, you know, he meets Xi Jinping and is greeted as an old friend. And this is this is how you get to the thing that's been happening today, which is like all of these all Chinese like the Chinese foreign ministry and a bunch of high ranking Chinese government officials like 
releasing these statements about how Dr. Kissinger is a good friend of the Chinese people. And this ultimately is what Kissinger represents, the prospect of the alliance between the American and Chinese capitalist class built on the blood of the working class of five continents. It, it is a world in which there is peace and prosperity for the bourgeoisie, where there is starvation and death for everyone else. And this still, to this day, is the regime that rules the US. It is the regime that rules China, and they are being united for one final time in their love of one Henry Kissinger. And yeah, that's basically all I've got. I, I guess the last thing I can say is is one of the things that I, I think I hope people will understand about this is that the the way that the American left thinks about China, like the, the way that it the way that its politics function are completely illegible in China. Like there there are no like in the US, it is very common to have someone who is like pro-Palestine, who is like socialist, who is like pro-LGBTQ like rights who like you know who considers themselves an anti-imperialist who is also pro ccp and also fucking hates kissinger and this is not a position that exists in china there is nobody like this nobody fucking like no one at all believes this because it's just it's not a coherent political position it is it is an american projection of politics onto china because again meanwhile like the actual thing that's happened in china is because of the way the media has covered kissinger the thing they covered is is the normalization of U.S.-China relations and not all of the fucking genocides that he did. And so they have the same fucking whitewashed view of Kissinger that like right-wing Americans do and that the American ruling class does. And this is, yeah, is tr truly, truly has been the century of Kissinger from yeah. 23 to 23. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah. fuck that. The century of Kissinger is over. Now is the century of the social revolution. We're fucking now, coming for his ass. No. We're going to tear apart everything he ever built. That motherfucker <laughs> is going to watch from hell as we destroy everything he ever created in his entire life. Yeah, it's fucking we, time. Let's that's go. That's why we're, uh, we're taking a week off to go to Chile and, and begin the social revolution that Kissinger <laughs> destroyed. Again, as a we, podcast, we 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 do now have to uh, choose the new most evil person alive. Uh, there's there's Pretty been quite hard. a there has been quite a few in the running. Um, we mm -hmm. have we have Cheney's up there, obviously. We have yeah. uh, uh, W. Bush. We have uh, Xi Jinping. We have Netanyahu. We yeah. have um, we Your have BB's uh, making a strong we, case right now. We, yeah, we have Maybe Assad. Maybe Bibi did him off. Um, Maybe he wanted to take the seat, take the throne. <laughs> yeah. There's, like Putin's there's... made a, a decently strong case. Yeah, sure, Putin's sure. Term. Um, yep. Sure, I mean, there, is, there, is, there is a decent list running. I think only time will tell um, for who will truly have a, a, a lasting impact of similar evil. Um, but yes, there is now a new, new open position for most evil person alive, so... Many people are throwing their hat into the ring. We will see how this uh, contest plays out. Yeah, and uh, you will you will hear it on when when that fucking person dies. You will hear it on this show too, <laughs> <laughs> and we will enjoy it. Yeah, let's make it happen here. Uh, mm -hmm. Go have a good time. Enjoy, enjoy for this. Enjoy by the time you're hearing this, the second ever sunrise in a hundred years that does not have yeah. Henry Kissinger under it. Yeah. Somewhere today, 
somewhere in the world a baby has been born in a post Kissinger world, and uh, we can we can all the most be- evil baby has been born, and we have to kill <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Somewhere, <laughs> thanks to the cycle of samsara, Henry Kissinger is That's back. Right. That's yeah, right. So if you're squeezing out a baby this month, just be careful. Is all I'm saying. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.